Today's episode of Market Talk is brought to you in part by Growmark FS. For over 95 years, we've led the game. Power, we restored it. Protection, we reinvented it. Record yields, we redefined it. If there's one thing we know at FS, it's that just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. We're never satisfied unless we take your farming operation to the next level. Run your equipment at peak efficiency and bust the bins this season. Visit fssystem.com. The views and opinions of this program are those of the host, guests, and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading. Bringing you the ag information you need, this is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. Well, on Thursday, we saw a mostly risk-on type of trading day across grains, livestock, energies, and the outside markets as well. Although we did kind of end the day a bit off the highs in some of the markets. But nonetheless, an okay day as we near the end of the week. We're going to talk about it here today on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us on the program. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Coming up this afternoon on the show... We're going to be joined by Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing. He is going to uh, provide our market analysis and insight here on the show today. Uh, so looking forward to uh, having a conversation with Dwayne coming up here in segment three and four today. Again, a bit of a risk-on type of sentiment. Wall Street uh, numbers, though, kind of pulled back as we went through the day. That's something uh, interesting of note. Well, we did see the dollar uh, breaking, and that really helped out with some of the tailwinds in the grain and livestock trade. We're going to dive into things again coming up with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing here in just a little while. Also coming up in segment two today, uh, just a, a few days ago, I had a great conversation with Dennis Smith from Archer Financial Services, uh, really looking at the livestock market. I talked with Dennis on AOA and I want to play back part of that conversation for you here on Market Talk just to give you uh, some thoughts and uh, more perspective on what's been happening in this cattle and hog trade. Dennis uh, really had some good points, and I want to make sure I share those with you. So we will listen to that coming up in segment two here today. First up, though, let's get a little bit of analysis with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX. Arlen joined me around midday on Thursday. As again, we saw a mostly risk-on type of sentiment across the trade. We did finish a little off the highs, uh, though, in uh, the corn market. Stocks kind of falling back late in the session on Thursday. But overall, the money flow looked pretty positive, And that is where we start our conversation again with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX. Well, I think, first of all, we need to start with the standpoint, and we've got some tailwinds today, and that goes back to the Federal Reserve's decision on uh, Wednesday. Uh, basically, the market interpreted, despite what the Fed said, the market interpreted it as we're done with the rate hikes, rates are going lower in 2024, the worst is behind us, and so we're basically a, a modest risk-on type of environment. And I say modest because it's not going crazy here. But what we're seeing is treasury yields are plummeting. That's pulling the dollar sharply lower with it. And we're seeing money flowing into both the equities and the commodities today. That's giving some tailwinds. That said, we're really not that impressive of a gains in the commodities. And I think that's a little bit of a red flag that we're not seeing more of a benefit. Uh, because predominantly, most of the gains here today are from that tailwinds from the outside markets. 
Well, in terms of some of the commodities and maybe some of that lack of gains here that you alluded to, I wonder if that could just be some pre-holiday trading and some of that algo computer type trading already sliding into uh, this commodity market trade here before Christmas comes uh, just a week or so away. A little bit of a Santa Claus rally for sure in these grain and oil seeds as well as the outside markets as well. We did get some positive news unconfirmed this morning and Reuters broke a story that uh, uh, citing three different sources that uh, the White House probably tomorrow will uh, indicate that they are leaning toward a methodology for figuring environmental credits for corn-based ethanol that would be favorable for it to be used as a feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel. That is something the ethanol industry has been lobbying for. The, the aviation industry has also been behind that. It's been opposed by environmental groups as well as the fossil fuel industry. Uh, but if Reuters is correct, that would be a big long-term gain for the ethanol industry, boosting their demand and providing some support for corn demand going forward. Speaking of corn, I saw the Reuters headline uh, this week about China stating, stating that they have grown a record corn crop there. It doesn't feel like that that news necessarily really impacted the corn market, though. Do you, do you think it had any impact at all in uh, in the corn trade this week? Not really. It really comes down to export demand. And it's ironic that they've grown such a big crop and everyone says, well, you can't trust China. Um, but the private sources inside of China have their production estimate considerably above about 10 or 11 million metric tons above even where China is at, which is well above where USDA is at. So that would suggest no imports are needed or very few imports are needed. But yet when you look at what China is doing is they're importing at several million metric ton pace above the, what they did the previous year. So they seem to be building their reserves right now, taking advantage of currently cheap prices, relatively speaking, for corn on the world market to try to build those reserves, particularly in light of geopolitical tensions that are rising just in case they need it in the future. And real quick, in the livestock trade, looks like a decent money flow day there as well. I think just some of that spillover risk on type sentiment. Any notes on the proteins today? You're exactly right on that. We're still within the recent trading range, so we haven't broke out, but we are getting that positive uh, feeling from the outside markets, particularly with the economy doing a little bit better. The weaker dollar certainly can help exports. And pork uh, saw some big numbers this morning in the weekly export sales report released from by USDA uh, indicating that export demand. That's really been impressive this year versus beef. that has been very weak demand on the export market. And once again, good thoughts there with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX, joined us around midday on Thursday to provide his thoughts in the market trade. Again, a fairly decent uh, risk-on type of trade on Thursday's session, and uh, we're going to talk more about it with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing coming up here after the bottom of the hour. Take a look at that weather forecast. Watching a small cutoff low in the four quarters, producing uh, waves of showers in the southwestern into the central plains on the day thursday and uh heavy in some areas a little bit of snow thrown in there in uh, areas that it's a little bit colder and this could help out with some of that uh, lingering drought as we're going to see some of this activity work off towards the east here 
as we go through and into the weekend. Also, some chances for a little bit of precipitation, maybe some snow in parts of the northern plains as we head into Friday and the weekend as well. So we're going to keep our eyes on that. But otherwise, mostly going to see above normal temperatures here continuing for the next couple of weeks ahead, sometimes being well above normal in the northern plains and the upper Midwest. Also watching South American weather and the weather so far in Brazil has been anything but normal in most areas and Across the central and north, it's been awfully hot and dry compared to normal. Even the wetter conditions of late have been average at best. Southern Brazil has been too wet, causing flooding and developmental challenges there as well. However, the second half of the first crop season is forecast to at least be fair, if not good, for reproductive and filling soybeans as that January forecast is starting to look a bit more favorable for South America. And that is something that traders are definitely going to keep their eyes on as we head towards the end of the month and the end of the year. All right, coming up next, we're going to listen back to a conversation I had earlier this week with Dennis Smith from Archer Financial Services. Talking to livestock trade. We'll get to that coming up after this here on Market Talk. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to Market Talk. Well, earlier in the week, I had a conversation with Dennis Smith from Archer Financial Services during AOA, Agriculture of America, of course, our sister program that I host. And uh, it was really a, a good conversation looking at the livestock trade, some thoughts in cattle and in the hog trade. And I wanted to play part of that conversation for you here on Market Talk today just to give you some more perspective on some of the things we're watching in these markets as we near the end of the year. So without further ado, here is that conversation again from earlier in the week on AOA with Dennis Smith from Archer Financial Services. Well, Dennis, let's talk first about this cattle market trade. And, you know, I've been watching closely some of the uh, CFTC fund data to see where the funds are sitting uh, in this cattle complex. I know they've been a, a pretty big driver here in terms of this roller coaster that we've been on uh, looking at futures prices in both live and feeder cattle. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of some of this fund money movement in the cattle trade and just the overall tone. Are, are we starting to kind of, you know, calm this thing down a little bit? What do you think, Dennis? Yeah, I think we are beginning to stabilize this market. Uh, the What I call or consider the very important seasonal December low, I think, is probably established last week. We've had two higher uh, sessions in a row, and that's uh, that's saying a lot because we had not had that uh, in, in nearly a month of trade. Uh, so the 11-12-week break, I think, is, is maybe beginning to stabilize. That's a big if. Uh, we were down uh, almost 200 points early today, and now we've snapped back trading about 70 lower, 100 off the session lows. We've seen tremendous volatility with the CME expanding the daily ranges, allowing for some, some very wild and quick moves. Feeder cattle futures have been trading a huge volume. 
they've been trading as much as uh, uh, 45 to 60 percent of their open interest every day. Uh, so it's almost casino type action in the feeders, and hopefully we're going to begin to sort of slow things down and stabilize and take some volatility out of this market. Yeah, and I know uh, you know in terms of looking at the the futures versus cash uh, right now too. I mean, you know, you look out at feedlot country, and we've seen cash pull back, but even then, uh, you know, a lot of folks are, are looking out there towards the end of the year and, and seeing if they could, you know, move some cattle to the sale barn, et cetera. So, it, looking at the correlation between the cash market and the futures market, that's something that I know a lot of folks are keeping a close eye on as well, Dennis. Yeah, you know, we had late, late last week the, uh, the the live cattle market about uh, seven to as much as eight cents discounted to the cash market, and the Packers have been successful at, at breaking and pulling that cash market down, but yet the futures are uh, uh, significantly under the cash. A couple of things that I think are really important, and the Packer margins are improving. Uh, I think they're uh, operating at profitable margins. Uh, some would disagree and say they're still at a slight loss. Uh, but regardless, it is a fact that margins have improved. Uh, the other key thing, volume in the box beef trade, Jesse, last week uh, spiked sharply higher, 944 loads. By far the highest box beef volume, weekly volume uh, of the entire year, and in fact the highest weekly volume going clear back to November of 2020. And that tells me that the end user, fully aware uh, of uh, tight supplies down the road, is coming in and booking beef aggressively. Well, I know I'm keeping an eye on uh, retail demand as well as export demand, too, here. And I know some of the uh, beef export numbers uh, have printed some pretty low numbers here in the last few weeks. But, you know, you think about these markets uh, in terms of retail demand, too, and that's having an impact on, on the beef side and the pork side here, especially as we head into the holiday season. Is that something you're watching as well as the, the retail demand, the domestic and the export demand here, Dennis? Well, yeah, definitely the export demand is off, and I think that will probably continue to be the case simply because of tight supplies. Now, I realize uh, that tight supplies is not really a factor at this moment, but, but I suspect uh, if we start placing fewer cattle in November, as, as uh, evidenced in the upcoming cattle on feed report, and placements are lower again in December, and probably lower again in January, we're all going to be talking about tight fed cattle supplies again fairly quickly. Uh, so the export market is a function of, of tight supplies and, and higher beef prices. But domestically, uh, it, there's a lot of confusion and uncertainty, and I'm certainly not an expert on, on the retail beef pricing standpoint. But as long as people have jobs, as long as there's no recession, I have to be optimistic toward uh, beef clearance. How about over in this hog trade? I, I noticed that yesterday uh, we saw the uh, weighted average price break uh, 50. It's down was down to 49.66, I believe, was the number I saw. And this hog market uh, futures trade overall has just kind of been sluggish. It's it's felt to me like it's kind of followed cattle to some degree because it's looking for its own direction. Uh, talk to me about hogs right now. 
What are you seeing there, Dennis? Hogs are a completely miserable trade right now, and the industry has been losing so much money, so much equity uh, for, for really an entire year. Uh, Jesse, a lot of people are now comparing uh, the losses sustained in the hog industry right now to 1998, uh, which is when hog uh, prices in the fall of 98 went to like eight cents a pound. Um, some say uh, that losses in the industry are greater than that of 1998. So we're looking at uh, uh, elevated sow slaughter since last June. And I guess I'm really hopeful that the upcoming quarterly hog and pig report shows some really clear and solid evidence of a, of a major contraction in, in U.S. hog breeding numbers. Dennis, I uh, want to segue over to the grains a little bit with you here as uh, we look at corn. Uh, it kind of hovered around right now, March corn, that 485 mark. And you, you think about the wheat trade, that's been rallying and we, we pulled back a bit on Monday, but then starting to reverse course a little bit uh, here on Tuesday. Your thoughts in the grain trade overall is it feels like we're we're largely kind of in that holiday malaise already slash uh, South American weather market here too. Yeah, the corn market, in my opinion, is we've bottomed out in the corn market, and that's not a very popular opinion, especially especially amongst the, the livestock uh, guys. Uh, but uh, the, the corn market actually touched a downside objective of 450 in the December, and it stayed there for about 30 seconds. And the market's come up from, from that 450 area. At one point, Jesse, I thought corn prices had the potential to go clear down to $4, but that has not happened, uh, despite a record large corn crop here in the United States. I'm optimistic on corn because uh, I think the, the, the crop in Brazil will be smaller than expected, mostly due to reduced acreage on the second corn crop. They're, uh, they're challenging, they're facing some challenging weather in Brazil, and I think that will reduce the uh, the acreage devoted to the safrina crop, the second corn crop. And uh, I'm also expecting reduced corn acreage in the U.S. next spring. So I, I think the corn market is uh, grinding higher. I'm not wildly bullish, but, but I think the low is in place. Well, and I know, too, as we head through the next couple of weeks, especially on that corn market, to your point, I know a lot of those bin doors are kind of locked up here at this point, and probably it's going to be a case of regional basis that's going to try to pull any corn out of out of farmers' hands at this point, Dennis. Would you agree? Yeah, most definitely. The basis will have to do a lot of work, and uh, for, for uh, the most part, I, I think the Midwestern corn and soybean uh, producer is in pretty good financial shape, and they can afford to hold off and wait for a rally. Uh, the ethanol grind is profitable. Uh, corn exports are improving compared to last year. And uh, certainly livestock numbers as far as feeding potential is going to be down this year. Uh, but, but I think the, uh, the, the uh, good ethanol business and improving exports is enough to keep corn prices uh, edging upward.
And once again, that was a great conversation from earlier this week on AOA with Dennis Smith from Archer Financial Services. Uh, Appreciated the insight into the livestock trade and much more as we near the end of the year. All right, coming up next, we're going to recap Thursday's trade action. And wondering, are we already trading as if we're at the holidays? We're going to talk about that with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing. That's coming up next here on Market Talk. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Well, for the most part, you take a look at Thursday's trade action and, uh, dare I say, a risk-on day in grains and in livestock. Energies looked all right as well. We did kind of falter uh, late afternoon in the stock market, though, but there is uh, still plenty to take a look at. Gold up almost $50 on the day Thursday. A lot going on here, but one has to wonder as well if we made it into uh, pre-holiday trade already, too. We're going to talk about all that here today on the show. Joining us for market analysis, we welcome in Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing. Dwayne, always good to talk with you, my friend. I hope you're having a great week so far. Yeah, absolutely. It's going too fast like they always do, but uh, good week. And yeah, you're probably right on these markets uh you know, a little risk on today. Green on the screen is always fun. I just yeah. wish they could go a little bit further, but that's probably the farmer in me. We always want it to go higher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know uh, you mentioned, you know, the week kind of racing by that calendars racing towards Christmas and towards the new yeah. year. Um, you know, we were talking about this before we jumped on here live. I, I feel like I, I agree with you. I feel like we might kind of be entering that pre-holiday type trade already in these uh, grain and livestock markets, Dwayne, what do you think? Yeah, it felt that way about an hour into it this morning. Uh, you know, we had good export sales. We had a good USDA sales flash announcement, 400,000 soybeans to unknown. So, you know, nice pop. It felt like, okay, here we go. Brazil weather is a little benign, maybe. You know, there's something for the bulls, something for the bears. And it's just like after an hour into the session, it just kind of started to pause. No one wanted to push through that next resistance level and buy these things. And I started to think that way of like, oh, God, this feels like a holiday trade, like we're failing to go either direction. But that being said, I mean, I I still think Brazil's weather is key. Uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, you know, will these better forecasted rains materialize in northern, northeastern Brazil? Uh, They went from what I would call the long range models to the mid midterm models now. So they're a little bit more accurate. But Sunday night, that'll be big. But you're right on the whole holiday thin. We just, it starts earlier and earlier every year. Um, you know, you don't take the 24th and 25th off anymore. <laughs> you take a few days before, a few days after. And now it's gotten to be like, I'm afraid there'll be plenty of fun traders that tomorrow is their last trading day for the year. And mm. we'll probably see lower volume moving forward. Well, and thinking of that lower value moving forward, I know that can lead us to volatility here. I mean, we, we've seen right. it already this past week. Uh, you get, lower volume in these markets and there's just there's more action the the moves you know you see a headline and we instead of trading five or ten cents 
on that headline. We trade 30. Um, that, that's something that I think a lot of folks have to keep in mind uh, uh, to make sure they navigate here over the next couple of weeks ahead. Right, Dwayne? A great point to bring up. You know, we talked about it being a quiet, boring trade, but it, it can actually have some fireworks. And, and that's kind of why I brought up the soybean trade, right? You know, what if we come in and those rains that were forecasted are just non-existent? And there's a heat ridge two weeks out in Brazil. Then that Monday, Sunday night, Monday morning with a little bit lighter volume is easily up 30 cents in soybeans. And maybe it goes even higher during the day because the big funds aren't there to sell it off. And so as farmers, wouldn't be a bad idea today and tomorrow to go ahead and just put some targets out there of like, well, if it gets this high, I'd sell some, even if they're what you feel crazy targets, because crazy targets might get hit over the next two weeks. That's a good point. And I, I think especially in this soybean trade, there's, uh, as you mentioned and brought mm -hmm. up, I think there's a little more room for volatility here with soybeans, just weather out of Brazil, as you alluded to at, that's that's going to be a headline driver here regardless uh, over the next couple of weeks ahead whereas you know the corn market largely not doing anything we've talked about that corn's just <laughs> kind of stuck here so i feel like you need to pay attention to everything but soybeans i think there's a little more room for volatility here isn't there right absolutely and it goes back to our usda reports we just have less soybeans on hand as far as stocks to use ratio is what i'm saying you know what are we at 215 or something no i'm sorry that's where i think it might be at we're at 245 right now usda uh 245 million where on the corn side you know you're over 2 billion so you can talk some bullish stories in corn but you're not going to run out um if china would step in and, and keep aggressively buying our beans it, Oh, it is actually possible to run out of soybeans, believe it or not. doesn't feel like it, but it never does at harvest season. we got to remember that. So, no, you're right. There's more volatility in the beans. Uh, corn, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we've been stuck sideways. I've got traders that are fairly in and out fast type traders. And I started thinking about some of those accounts. I'm like, some of those guys have been long March corn for two months. <laughs> They're like a one day in, one day out type trader. It just hasn't moved. So, but be careful of a sleeping market too. Um, it would take a lot of China buying to really rally that corn. And I know this is something we can talk about too, that, you know, the farmer selling that's going to be over top of this corn market is uh, it's not, it's bigger than normal. It's probably huge. Actually. I think farmers are horribly undersold and everyone wants $5 badly. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple things there with corn, you mentioned China and I'm sure you saw that Reuters report earlier in the week that China claims they've grown a record corn crop. It feels like that was kind of a blip on the radar, so to speak. Didn't really affect the corn trade, but, you know, that could, if they do have a record corn crop, that could maybe limit some of their corn imports, possibly. I guess that's a that's a caveat to talk about. But then you mentioned that farmer selling. And I really think at this point, we're going to be getting to you know, flipping that calendar over to January before we see a lot of farmers selling. But if that happens, those floodgates get open up and that could potentially put some damage on this corn market, Dwayne. Well, at least or put a ceiling on it, you know, right? The, yeah. First off, there's probably a lot of farmers right now that know their cash situation, don't want to sell anymore due to tax purposes. Um, so, yeah, the farmer selling from now to the end of the year probably pretty limited. That's why I said, you know, maybe you put some orders out in your futures trading account to hit it if if you do get a spike up. But yeah, after the first year is one of the biggest selling opportunities for farmers or when we see increased sales is what I should say, uh, new tax year. But well, it'll depend on the price. You know, I make it sound like we got to get to five or five and a quarter is what I'd really like to see to sell some of our corn. 
you know, the other move that could happen that could open up the bends. We talked about it in here, a few brokers this morning that, you know, we dropped 25 or 50 cents that could actually open up the doors. You're like, well, that's very true. The, the panic selling comes out, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It, there's just going to be more farmer selling moving forward. It's just where and when, I guess. Well, and thinking about this too, um, I watch as Dees corn, it's going to go off the board at that 450-ish range. I believe September corn also went off in that 450-ish range. Do we worry that that opens March corn up to downside target of 450 on the board? Dwayne, what do you think? Uh, you darn right we do. Um, you know, the funds are heavily short the corn market, right? Now, last week, it actually, the Commitment Traders Report showed that they got out of like, what was it, 24, 25,000 contracts. That's yeah. a great sign. Um Maybe they're bored with the market. Maybe they want to exit all shorts. I kind of doubt it, though. Um, remember, Jesse, they've been long for, what, four years in a row now, and that's very untypical of them. And, and then they flip and go short here while we were growing this crop this year. I really doubt they're going to exit those shorts and just go long again and give us all a, a nice Christmas present and rally the market. I'm more afraid of what they could do is just what you mentioned, that carry in the market. Exit September go and sell December and watch December come right down to where September traded or went off at. So yeah, you're darn right. We got to kind of circle that 456 area and wonder if that's what March is going to do. And those funds can just roll and stay short and maybe go record short the corn market because of our big carry out and still make money by the market just going sideways because the carry just drops down. So yeah, for once it wasn't me being all bearish. You brought up the negative thing this time. So I'm blaming <laughs> you, Jesse. <laughs> hey, I got to look at both sides of this thing, Dwayne. Yeah, I know. Both sides. I know. Yeah. In, in terms of the wheat trade, um, you mentioned the good export sales. I have to yeah. think a lot of that, though, is probably that China business that we'd already heard about. But nonetheless, still a good weekly export sales number there. Yeah. Any thoughts, any notes in the wheat trade overall, Dwayne? Overall this week, the news is on wheat has actually been slightly negative. I don't know if I believe it though. The, we came well off the highs because everyone said, well, all those China purchases were done months ago is what one of the reports said. And now, you know, we've gone higher. It's, it's, we're overpriced. China isn't, they're done buying. They won't buy from us. Well, I really don't buy that. I, I think the, they did just buy recently. And now with the U S dollar kind of tanking today, or at least making new lows for the move after the fed announcements yesterday, I think that's got to make our wheat prices fairly competitive in the rest of the world market here. So I'd like to see China step back in and buy a little bit more. Um, that would make USDA maybe a little bit nervous of like, hey, we got to actually increase export demand for wheat. And that would be fun to see. And back to the whole China record corn crop thing. That was the second part of that question. I forgot earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that and just kind of went, uh-huh, and went right about my day. And I think that's what the rest of the trade did, too. The problem is, and why we, we probably should watch it, is if you looked at China's corn futures after they made that announcement, they did go sharply lower, and they're at like a two-and-a-half-year low. Um, maybe the market and the price over there tells us more. We all know China's had a record crop for 23 years in a row. You know, um, Yeah, that's like me saying the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl. I say it every year. It doesn't always happen, though. <laughs> so yeah. um, I don't know if they have a record crop or not, but the market does kind of suggest that they do. So that is negative moving forward. 
Well, definitely good thoughts there. Once again, we are having a conversation today. We're joined by Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing in Britain, South Dakota. And we are going to continue our conversation coming up here after the break. We want to talk about the livestock trade, mostly uh, kind of a risk on day there as well, especially in feeder cattle and in lean hogs. Some good triple digit gains as we wrapped up the trade on Thursday. May touch on some of the economic news uh, from this week as well and the impact of a lower dollar and the Fed. Uh, looking to uh, start cutting interest rates potentially into 2024. We're going to talk about all that more, continue our conversation as, again, mostly a risk-on day with green on the screen and grains and livestock and energies on a Thursday. We'll be back with more here on Market Talk on the way right after the break. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. We are talking today with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing. And Dwayne, let's go over to the uh, livestock trade here. Uh, decent day, kind of risk on in cattle and hogs as well. And I, I know we've talked about this. Um, hopefully, maybe, potentially, possibly finding some footing in this cattle market after all the volatility. And I, I wonder here towards the end of the year if uh, these livestock markets could calm down a little bit potentially. I guess I don't know. What do you think? That almost is what it feels like here today. I, I'm kind of still holding my breath, though. I, we've rallied nice off the low. Um, you could call it between seven and nine sessions, you know, to sideways to higher. Be, you know, we haven't had the collapse. But when I look back at some of these charts, Jesse, that's about exactly the same sideways stretch we had two other times on this long downward trek or downward trend we are having. So I'm a little cautious and a little worried yet. Uh, you can probably still chalk me up to be a, a bear in this market. Uh, and, and a few reasons why, you know, those heavier carcass weights that are out there now. Now, I think Packers wanted the heavier weights because the choice select spread is like $34, choice is above select. So they needed more choice meat out there. And I'm getting conflicting stories from Packers. Imagine that, right? Um, one, I'm hearing Tyson is booked up to mid-January, so they don't need the cattle. And next, I hear they're very current and have to buy the cattle right away. And, and that's fine. They don't have to tell people because I would kind of be like, playing cards with grandma, you know, she's got all the cards in her hand and you're going to lose either way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm still a bear in this market, but you're right. It, it does feel like a nice little pause today. The feeder cattle, the back months ran right up to the 20 day moving average and then just stopped. So like I mentioned in our, our first question, like it felt like we had the buying interest today, but we don't quite have enough people that want to push the market through resistance levels and have long positions going into a lower volume holiday, a couple of weeks ahead of us. So, Maybe it does quiet down here a little bit. Well, and uh, I think, too, with, with cattle and hogs, uh, watching export demand, watching domestic demand at the meat counter. And this could tie into uh, some of the thoughts about the Fed news and the economy this week. I mean, mm -hmm. the dollar breaking lower as the mm -hmm. Fed held rates steady and signaling that they're going to start cutting rates in 2024 now. You know, in terms of the general economy, I'd have to think that, some of this news could be favorable to cattle and hogs because 
of, you know, it'll help out export demand, retail demand, et cetera. I mean, what do you think about that, Dwayne? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, yeah, your lower dollar always helps our commodities as far as, as, far as the export side of things. The, the only problem um, when you look at the livestock side of it, one, our, our overall cattle prices, even though we're $30 off the high, we're still relatively high versus like a five-year average. Go look at prices in Brazil for cattle. They have they never rallied at all when we rallied. Um, so we're still expensive in the world, even with a lower dollar. So I don't look for beef exports to pick up. They're down sharply year over year. To be expected, that's how supply and demand works. We didn't have a lot of it to export. Now, on the hog side of things, China's market kind of stabilized just a little bit. So I think that's what gave the buying interest here for us today, too. And like you said, the overall general good economy in the U.S., you know, the Dow Mart. Yeah, Dow was cooled off, like you mentioned, but still really good near the highs at Christmas time. Everybody likes that. Everyone feels good about spending money. Um, see, we're at in January. <laughs> I know as many boxes that are showing up at this office daily. I'm kind of not looking forward to the next credit card bill, but uh, whatever. It's Christmas. <laughs> That's true. It is Christmas. I think uh, I think a lot of folks uh, look at it that way, too, in, in many cases. Dwayne, uh, good thoughts before we wrap it up today. Anything final you want to mention or reiterate for folks listening in? Well, we talked a lot about it being a quieter two weeks, and that's true. But, you know, take your coffee, sit down in the morning and and I got to do the same thing, too. Let's start looking at next year and start penciling some break evens. I do feel like, you know, especially for the corn market, we're going back into a bear cycle, meaning we have plenty of supplies. Uh, Our beginning stocks will be around that two billion plus minus, I'm guessing plus. So marketing plans will work again. Um, Hedging will work again. You know, you set your price targets, let them get hit. And and I think that's going to work. That always works in a bear market. In bull markets, you know, they still work because you wanted to sell out those profits. But, you know, we're not going to end at the high prices for the end of the year. So set your cup of coffee down, push the pencil over the next couple of weeks. Let's get started for 2024. Dwayne, good thoughts. If folks have questions, they want to reach out to you. They're bolt marketing. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can call us directly here at 605-448. 2365, or they can check us out online at boltmarketingllc.com. Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing. Always good to have a conversation with you, my friend. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jesse. Well, once again, as always, good stuff there with Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing joining us here today on Market Talk. Let's look at a few of the closing numbers before we wrap it up. Corn for March down a quarter penny, 479 and a quarter. July corn finishing down a quarter penny, 501 and a half on Thursday. January soybeans six and a half higher, 1314. March beans five and three quarters higher, 1332. January bean meal up $1.50 a ton, 40370. Soybean oil, January down 32 points, 49.51. Chicago wheat, March 10 and a half higher, 6.15 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat, four and a half higher, 6.36 and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat for March up four and three quarters, 7.18 and a quarter. Oats for March, 14 and three quarters higher, 3.69. Canola was down three to four on the day. Over in the livestock trade, live cattle for December up 55, 167.50. February up 70, 167.92. April up 62, 171.57. Feeder cattle January 197 higher, 219.35. March up 227, 220.12. April feeders up 250. 
at 224.32. Andover and Hogs, December lean Hogs down 75, 67.17. Those are done going off the board. February Hogs up 375, 70.47. April Hogs up 280, 77.17. And June Hogs up 230, 92.10. That is going to do it for Market Talk here today. Coming up on our next program, we'll have a conversation with Ted Seifert from Zaner Ag Hedge. Thanks so much for joining us as always and making us part of your daily conversation here with Market Talk. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Your local FS is member-owned. And that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company.